what are the three things you value most in life? Oh, yeah, God, you're right about the philosophical stuff. <laughs> Straight in there. Um, I don't know. I think I, th I quite like having friends. I, I try and keep a wide circle of them, if you know what I mean. I have several different groups I go to. And I think it's really important to be in touch with as many people as possible and kind of. And then I think it's important to kind of be yourself and that kind of encompasses making things that you want to make. So, yeah, I, th I think over the last couple of years since I've been making stuff, it's been like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm really glad I did this. I really value this. So, yeah, I guess those two things, I can't really think of a third. Your creativity is quintessentially like Irish creativity. It is very reflective of who you are in proportion to your society, which is why I think so many people like it. And it's good that you value it because a lot of people seem to value you for it as well. I, th I think the Irish thing is very interesting because I didn't feel particularly Irish until I was maybe 18 or 19. So I find it odd when people are, you know, I, I'm even worried in myself that maybe my stuff is a bit too Irish or it's a bit too specific to kind of cross over anywhere else. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think when I was a kid, I, I never felt particularly connected to Ireland or, or whatever. But I think as I've grown up, as I've consumed a lot of Irish media, the stuff that's just unique to us that I find particularly funny. So I guess it is, it's very Irish what I do. Uh, if you know what I mean. But I, I feel like there is a kind of universality in that specificity as well. In that, like, I follow a lot of Scottish comedians and, and things like that. And there's no, I don't feel excluded when they're talking about Scottish stuff. So I always keep that in the back of my head being like, okay, there are English people, you know, there are Americans and, and Scottish people who follow me as well and don't seem to mind when I talk about Irish stuff. So, I mean, I've had people even comment on one of the Irish mammy things. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, if you just change a couple of the colloquialisms, this could be my mother and that person was, I think, Middle Eastern. So like, you know what I mean? it's kind of like, yeah, I, I think everyone's mother has just certain things they do. But also, I think there's a thing about being from like Ireland is a small community in itself. And because of that, it's quite quirky. And we have our own little weirdness and weird, weird things we do. And I was thinking there last week, there was uh, a story about, you know, that uh, festival in England where they roll cheese down a hill. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a story about that because of social distancing, they couldn't do it. So somebody put a symbolic baby bell down a hill. They just rolled it down a hill. And it was just like, even though that's a village in like Gloucester, that's so Irish. That's so like Fantastic. small and silly. Like, And that's, that's what I think people like about us. Tell me a memory which shaped you. That's a difficult one. I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> I think I always like stories. Like when I was a kid. My mother used to read me stories a lot and I used to just be mad for it. Like, so I'd, like as soon as we finished one, I'd go get another one. And like, I just remember doing that a lot. I think I was mad for Winnie the Pooh for some reason. And I have absolutely no idea why. I don't know whether it's the ensemble cast or <laughs> I'm not quite sure what. I don't uh, think I've ever what? had anyone describe Winnie the Pooh as having an ensemble cast, but okay. <laughs> but it does though, do you know what I mean? Like there's several very strong characters in it that you just enjoy visiting each time. And they're all quite flawed in their own ways. So I, I guess, like, yeah, Winnie the Pooh, I suppose. Because, I don't know, if you, you can compare it to The Office, you know, like the US office in a certain way, and, like, it has its, you know, people who worry a lot, and it has people who are lazy and miserable and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, Oscar, the, the accountant, can be compared with maybe, maybe Rabbit, or, you know, that kind of way. Like, there's, there's just that kind of, like, you know, there's someone who's really neurotic, someone who's, like, you know, quite sad. And then, you know, that kind of way, like, Stanley would be Eeyore in that situation. And, like... You know, Michael Scott's probably Tigger, uh, you know, that that kind of way. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe that's shaped me a little bit and that I, I enjoy stories where lots of people are involved. 
that's a really really good answer i <laughs> i i don't think i've ever had a, a content analysis of winnie the pooh ever and you're right there is a dynamic there isn't there between each character that i suppose it implies that both winnie the pooh is part of a community which is important but mm. also that that community has several facets to it it's not homogenous in any sense and because it's not homogenous the interactions between the characters matter more uh, do you think that when you say that shaped you in terms of like having a wider like a view of a wider community uh, in your stories implicit in that is the idea of valuing diversity then i don't know i think it just got me into reading you know and rather than having someone else do it i could do it on my own there was so many books in my house i could then just there was so much of it i could be like oh yeah i can read all this sort of stuff i don't really read now as an adult but like when i was a kid yeah jesus i used to just kind of devour everything you know i studied see i did i did french and spanish in college and i think that maybe put me off reading forever <laughs> because when i did it it was difficult because i wasn't reading something in my first language and i didn't have you know we were reading fairly dense stuff i mean i think the first few weeks of french in trinity you do waiting for Godot in french and that's that's a really difficult play even in english to properly understand and i, I did a lot i studied a lot of literature when i was there i took a lot of literature modules so i enjoy studying stuff i love pulling stuff apart but i think the actual reading was just incredibly difficult and kind of arduous and i'd have to have a dictionary beside me a lot <laughs> so i don't read as much anymore but I do watch a lot of kind of TV series and things like that. So a similar medium, but I just, I don't know, the reading bit, I don't know if it appeals to me anymore. I don't know what it is. You might come back to it in time. Then again, you might, yeah. but you know, what's your favorite color? Yellow. I've always loved the color yellow because if, if the yellow was a person, I think it would be a really nice person, you know? So I enjoy yellow. I quite like purple and green as well because they're not primary colors and purple is kind of just it's kind of like a mad color that you know we don't use a huge amount of and it's from two of the most boring colors blue and red so and i don't like the color red i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't suit me i don't i don't wear any red uh but i also i don't know i just i don't really like it that much and then green i think it's 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 a similar thing to purple in that like people don't wear huge amounts of green in the same way that we would wear like kind of black or brown or blue or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I quite like those outsidery colors as well as yellow itself. You know, and I feel like yellow is very ambiguous. It's not like a particularly masculine color. It's just like a very chill. It's just a person, you know, that kind of way. Tell me in as much detail as you can about something you knew of, which once existed and now does not. I, I always work off the assumption I don't know anything about anything. You know what I mean? But I'm sure I'll unlock something where I'm like, oh my God, I knew everything about that. I'm trying to think about all the things I was obsessed with when I was a kid. Do you remember this series of books called Beyond the Deep Woods? Or it was like the Edge Chronicles? I have not thought about that book series I in about 12 years. Like, I remember my uncle gave <laughs> me the first book and I didn't ever, like, read it. And it wasn't because it wasn't interesting. It was just that I think it got, like, put down somewhere and just never... But I remember being... Like excited to read this book series. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And I think that the I remember seeing a sticker or a thing on the front cover that said, For kids who like Harry Potter and like to explore. And I think that was a genius marketing tactic by whoever did that. Because I feel like, you know, people were obsessed with Harry Potter at the time. 
and then suddenly yeah it was just an easy kind of sell then to parents to be like oh yeah my kids need something else to read so that was like yeah that book series i used to i read them over and over and over again but i love the idea of like you know in in, in fantasy or whatever there's different kind of races and they all have different abilities and things like that i love that kind of stuff do you play D? No, actually, I've never, I've never had a friend who was into it. If you know what I mean, so I, I have never joined in on something like that. But I, a couple of my friends have gotten into it there recently enough, and they seem to enjoy it. So I don't know. Maybe I would enjoy that. I think you would. The previous two guests on this podcast, it came out. They're both like live play D and D people. And yeah, they're also comedians and improv and and everything like that. But like, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it so yeah. much it's like it's one of my major pastimes i have a bunch of D books over there definitely look into playing D. seriously yeah yeah yeah. it sounds very me you know because yeah. I, I was watching stranger things there recently enough and they were really into it and i was like hmm i probably would have been into that as a kid had it been introduced to me you know funnily enough most people who play D now are people who heard about D as a kid but never could play it because they didn't have the friend groups or they didn't have the social connections or they were aware of it and then they mm. go like holy shit this is Amazing. I want to be a fucking dragonborn for six hours. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's make believe. It's awesome. You should, you yeah. should definitely take a look at it. Uh, I, think, I think you'd really like it. What, if anything, is perfect? Perfect as in I wouldn't change a thing about it. Probably like there's a beach in Northern Ireland called Port Stewart Strand. And it is the most wonderful beach I've ever been to. And like I, I used to live in Port Stewart because uh, I, I worked for the tourist board for a little while in Coleraine and yeah there wasn't a huge amount to do but I went to that beach a lot and it's one of those things I really miss do you know? <laughs> I just really miss that beach and like a bit of Game of Thrones is filmed on it I don't know if you're familiar with Game of Thrones but like there's a there's a fight in it between Jamie Lannister and the Sand Snakes and that was actually filmed on that beach but god I used to just walk down there and there's like a cliff walk and stuff so every Sunday I would just be walking for like four hours like the whole way around this thing so loved it perfect who is your favorite character from fiction of any kind hmm i recently i started re-watching bojack horseman and i, I quite like all of them because they're all so well-rounded diane win i think is the one i kind of i would relate to the most in that one but i quite like mr peanut butter so like any any of the cast of of Bojack Horseman, I really like because they're so well-rounded. They have backstories, and there's there's episodes where you just explore these tangents of their lives. I think there is that kind of the specific kind of feeling of being lost, if you know what I mean. And like Diane is like 35 in it, and you know she's been in media for a while, and there's this kind of feeling of like you know what am I doing myself this whole time? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's this this kind of idea of like struggling with that question through throughout all of it. And Princess Carolyn's kind of the same. She turns 40, and she's like, oh yeah. I love what I do, but I would love a family. And it's that kind of like trying to find the right fit for her. And she has that, that boyfriend who's a mouse for a while. And it's, it's just really funny. Like, I, I quite like that kind of struggle. And it never actually resolves itself in the series, which I quite like. I know Princess Carolyn marries Judah in the end, and Diane feels a bit happier about herself. But there is that wonderful line where she's like, you know, sometimes life sucks and you keep on living. I just, I, I really like that kind of exploration of like, you know, Sometimes there isn't a happy ending and sometimes it's kind of like you just keep going and you try and make the best of your situation. Especially in a time like now where everything seems kind of shitty. <laughs> uh, like there is that wonderful line in Bojack Horseman, which is like, you know, when people ask me how I'm doing, I say I'm fine. But 
like I can't say I'm feeling shitty because if I say I'm feeling shitty, then you know that that entire tangent where he does it at his mother's funeral. Um, yeah, I think it's it's wonderful that because a lot of people feel like that. A lot of people feel lost and broken. There exists the idea of a broken person. I don't think it exists, and it's it's very interesting that that many of the characters that we find in our media especially modern media so you talk about like Shira, Bojack Horseman kind of Netflix series but also in like some of the Amazon originals that we're seeing coming out they deal with this feeling of like who am I like actually who am I Mm -hmm. that was part of the inspiration for this show as well because I realized that I haven't a fucking clue (laughs) you know I I don't know who I am but I think by platforming people and seeing who they are, that perhaps you can use the spotlight there on them to see what reflects back and say, well, do I relate to that? Do, do I, like, who am I? That was one of my, as, like, obviously being trans, that's one of the biggest questions you have. Like, who actually is looking back at me here? The answer is, I don't know, life is life sucks and sometimes you just keep on living <laughs> and that's that's yeah. okay it's quite comforting that there isn't an answer sometimes you know and you might never know but you just kind of you know I, I think i've always tried to just do things that i like doing at the time and then you look back and be like you know what i'm glad i did this 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 and this you know that kind of way so yeah that's that's why i like it so much what fascinates you hmm words i love words i did languages in college and it was because i liked French in secondary school and it wasn't necessarily because I enjoyed talking to people or whatever not that I'm really antisocial but I I find it difficult sometimes and yeah going abroad and doing all that kind of stuff was really really hard when you're trying to talk to people in another language it's hard enough for you to do it in English but like I really like just words like really kind of like seeing where they're from like splitting them up a bit and kind of links between words it's like in Spanish the word for a spider is araña right and it is related to the word aranyar, which is the, the verb to scratch. So a spider is a scratcher, right? And then sand in Spanish is arena. So that's kind of like scratchy stuff, which is sand. Do you know that kind of, I love those kind of that's little links. so cool. And Spanish is full of them. That is so cool to give you kind of in return for a really, really cool fact. Have you ever heard of the word arboraceous? Do you know what the word arboraceous means? No, is it something to do with trees? It is. Arboraceous yeah. is an area packed, filled with trees. So if something is arboraceous, it either means yeah. that it's tree-filled or, and this is my favorite possible definition of arboraceous, it means consisting of people who, are, who have hard shells. Like, <laughs> so yeah. if, if a group of people are arboraceous, it means that they are, they're either very tall or they have hard shells in them. They're tree-like. Or... Mm. Here's another one for you. Pineity. Do you know what pineity means? I don't. Pineity is the state or quality of being bred. B-R-E-A-D. Like a pan of oh. bread. Okay. <laughs> right. It's so good. Oh, I love I'm also a fellow word lover. Yeah, yeah. I think because I did Latin in secondary school. I didn't imp- appreciate it at the time, but like once you do other languages, you're like, oh, this comes from that. And that's, you know, that's from Greek originally, but then it was Latin and now it's Spanish. And now it's, do you know what I mean? I, I love that kind of the journey words go on and the reasons we use, we use them now. Like, What other job would you like to do if you weren't doing comedy? I don't know. I've always wondered 
would I be good at like design or like architecture or something, you know? When I worked, I used to work for Joe.ie and I did lots of stuff on their Instagram and I did a course in web design for a little while as well. And yeah, I just, I love the idea of, of, I still like the idea of making things and making things for a purpose. You just do it in a different way as in you, you make things so people can live in them or so people can use them or that kind of way. So I feel like it's still, I don't know if it's similar enough to what I do now in that like I design sentences and that kind of way, but I feel like I would maybe like to work in the visual side of it, if you know what I mean. I, I, that, that kind of fascinates me. I feel like I I would enjoy that, but I haven't got any training whatsoever in it. <laughs> so. What is your most prized physical possession? See, I'm very anti-clutter. I don't like things. <laughs> I don't like having loads of things because I just find they build up and they build up dust and, and all that kind of stuff. So physical possession, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not huge into physical possessions, I don't think. I like having them, obviously, because I need to wear clothes and I need to have things to do things, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have a guitar. I quite like using that. I'm glad I have one of those, you know? So maybe my guitar. But you don't attach sentimentality to things very often. Not really. Not really. I, I tend to keep a lot of things because I'm like, oh, I might be able to use it later. But at the same time, if there was a house fire and all my stuff was destroyed, I don't think I'd be too upset about all the things, you know? If you could name a hot sauce, what would you call it and why? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I quite like hot sauce as well. So I've seen the names of other hot sauces. I'd have to give it a pun of some kind. What a question. That's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I'm going to have to pass on that. I have absolutely no idea what I call a hot sauce. <laughs> Usually if, on Twitter, if I'm making a joke, it would have two elements. So I would have, you know, we're doing this stupid thing about like, um, you know, a, a series of, of ice cream brands named after people who work for the UN. And it was like, I think it's it like Ban Key Lime and like Coffee and Anne. That's pretty or good. Or Coffee like Banana. Or like, you know, I can, like it has to have two things <laughs> so I can make something funny out of it. You know what I mean? It's like a random hot sauce. Ever. I think I'd have to think of a person or a thing or a theme and then name the hot sauce after it. Like, What inspires you? I don't know, I think determination and, you know, just doing stuff because you like doing it or because it makes sense to you. So uh, my favorite album is Carrie and Lowell by Sofiane Stevens. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but basically it's it's after the death of his mother. And it's kind of just a really it's like quite a sad kind of exploration of their relationship because it wasn't great in places and it was really good in others and all that kind of stuff. But he's recorded parts on like his iPhone and it's just very, very simple and there's loads of hooks and things like that. And it's not your typical kind of, you know, dense, inaccessible kind of indie album. It's just kind of like, here's all these things that I'm feeling done in a really simple way. So that kind of stuff is where I do people doing stuff that's just really weird, but it's so personal to them. and It really makes sense, you know. I, I'm inspired by that kind of stuff. When I did the the Derry London Derry video at the start, when I started making these these videos or whatever, it was kind of something where I was like, you know what, I enjoyed myself by making that. I'm just going to put it out there. And it doesn't matter if no one else likes it, but I enjoyed it. And then that's probably one of the most popular things I've done. You know, so yeah, that that have people having that attitude of making just something so batshit crazy, but just because they want to make it, that 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 inspires me. Did you ever have an epiphany? If so. What was it about? 
Yeah, it was it was actually shortly after the videos all broke and it was one of those things where like I was trying to not that I, I actually never tried to get into media. It was a thing that I wanted to get in but kind of felt like at loss as to how to do it and I'd never attempted anything. Like I remember doing like this this kind of careers night thing and I was talking to this woman who worked in TV and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in this. She's like, have you done anything with societies or have you done anything towards it? I'm like, no. And she's like, well, you know, <laughs> how do you suppose you get into it if you don't do anything, you know? And I think after after the videos broke and stuff like that, I was working uh, in a grad program and it was it was kind of just this weird oblique way of me trying to get into media. And like we were working with uh, musicians and, you know, filmmakers and stuff like that about doing stuff and it was like oh i'm kind of involved here and then there was a point when i was working there and i was like what am i doing like i'm not happy doing this and also no matter who i talk to they can't do anything about it either so like i'm responsible for my own happiness i'm responsible for doing what i want to do so do you know what i'm just going to go and do it so i quit my grad program and got a job in media and that was like jesus why didn't i do that so much earlier you know what I mean? like why didn't i just you know, you can complain all you like, but you're the only one who can do things about your situation, if you know what I mean, a lot of the time. If you could say your creativity had a theme, what would that theme be? I quite like, I don't know what you call it. It's kind of like putting two things together. So I don't know if you call it like canthropy or you call it polymerization after the, the Yu-Gi-Oh card. But uh, it's like literally taking one thing and mashing it into another and seeing what you get out of it. So before I even did comedy or whatever, I love doing like covers of songs, if you know what I mean. So I take a song and I would do it in a way that I liked, if you know what I mean. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, I found this ridiculous pop song. I'm going to cover it in a really sad, emotional, kind of silly way. But I also do it with my comedy where it's like, okay, I have a radio show uh, or, you know, the idea of a radio show, which is quite strictly formatted, and then I'll bring something unusual into it. And I think that's how I make things, is just by adding things together and see what happens when you do that, you know? So, you know, two things that no, don't necessarily belong together and just seeing what you can make out of that. Uh, my personal, probably underrated favorite of yours is the morning show, because I didn't, yes. <laughs> I didn't expect that whatsoever. I nearly dropped my phone. I was like, holy shit, holy shit. That's so out there. And like, because the title is you know, M.O. Morning. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. That's, that's one of my favorites as well, because there's a, a value to rewatching it. So you watch it the first time, right? And you realize what's going on. It's like, Jesus, that's really funny. And then you listen to the second time and then you realize what exactly I'm talking about in it. So it's like the morning period, the most difficult part of it all. But you don't get that the first time around. And that's like, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. It's like one of the most clever things I've done. And I'm actually really proud of that one. Yeah. Especially the line, gonna miss you, big man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the idea of like, because I used to listen to like radio when I worked in like a truck or whatever. I used to be a delivery boy. And uh they're just the idea of like oh we'll get you some goodies you know and it's usually like a fucking frisbee or some like shit from the radio show the idea that you could send this to this man who's lost his partner 50 years is the funniest thing ever to me like what makes you smile hmm just really wholesome content so what i primarily use facebook for is like Ireland simpsons fan i use it for work 
but like the my personal feed is Ireland Simpsons fans, burbs. So it's like a bird group, but like, you know, written in the way you think a bird would speak and <laughs> just dogs. So just stuff like that. And then babies as well. Just just like real wholesome, objectively nice content. I quite like, you know, uh, like there's a video there recently. It was like, you know, babies being unwrapped from swaddling clothes and putting their arms up in the air. And that was like, you know, there's this trend of people doing that. They called it baby unboxing, which is really funny. Uh, but, you know, that, that kind of just really wholesome stuff that you can't argue with. You can't be like, you know, offended by it or whatever. It's just like literally there's nothing wrong with this. This is just nice and I'm glad it exists and it's on my feed, you know? Mine is hedgehogs. I love, I love hedgehogs. They're oh, like, my... like hedgehogs as well, yeah. Tell me about something you learned recently that amused you. I saw, like, this is what I love Twitter for, is that, like, you can find literally anyone with any job on it. And there's this great question from, basically, this guy was talking to his son, and his son asked the question, why is there no mouse-flavoured cat food? Which is an interesting question. And I was like, yeah, that's a really funny question. This man who works for a cat food company replied to him. I was just like, you know, it's not flavoured in a certain way. It's the meat you use. And we don't have mouse flavoured cat food because you don't get much meat off mice. You know, you'd have to kill a lot of mice. But the protein that we use, it's either from rabbits or it's from, you know, um, a chicken or fish or whatever. It's similar enough to what's in mice, if you know what I mean. Um, not that cats eat mice all the time, but like, you know, that kind of the, the protein and stuff like that. So it probably does taste the same. But it's not flavored like that. It's just like this this cat food is made of rabbit or fish or whatever. But it might taste like mice because mice are meaty. That is a very interesting question. Like yeah. <laughs> I have never thought of that before. Yeah. Wow. But it's one of those things like cats, like they obviously don't eat mice all the time. Like, you know, it's just one of those things they're known for eating in the same way that like mice are known for eating cheese, but their diet isn't cheese. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of way. <laughs> is there is there cheese flavored? mouse food maybe there is I don't, yeah i don't know i, th I think we just because it's cartoons and stuff like that it's really easy to draw cheese if you know what i mean so <laughs> but i i just love the idea that they just eat cheese and only cheese you know what is beautiful quite like minimalism i like stuff that's like you can't take anything away from it i like that this is this thing and it is perfectly formed and perfectly functional there's nothing you would add that would make it better and you can't take anything away from it because you would make it worse. Like, I, I think that sort of stuff is beautiful. Would you describe yourself as cute and cuddly? No, I don't think I would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a particularly tactile person, so I, I, I wouldn't describe myself as cuddly and cute. I'm, I'm a man and I'm six foot one and I don't know if that counts as cute. <laughs> Just, no. <laughs> Where do you feel safest? I guess at home in, in Navin, in my, in my parents' house, you know, because it's quite a quiet area. There's very few people around. So I feel safe here, you know. If you were on a starship, what position would you hold? I wouldn't be driving the ship. I did one of those, you know, those personality tests that determines what you do in the workplace and your personality at work. And I did it before I did this grad program because we were all kind of tested on it. And it was really helpful because it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, you're analytical and stuff like that, but you find decisions difficult, you know? So I wouldn't be someone making real-time pressurized decisions on the ship. And I, so I wouldn't be driving it. I would potentially be firing a gun or I would be kind of analyzing where things are, if you know what I mean. I don't think I would be, you know, the captain, but I would be somebody they consult for certain things, I think. I don't know what role that is. 
I'm not familiar with like the layout and the crew of a starship, but like, you know, if there's a role like that, I'd do it, you know? Like security officer? Yeah, yeah. As long as I didn't have to like actually prevent people getting on the ship. You know what I mean? I'd just be kind of <laughs> in the background somewhere, a security analyst, I suppose. <laughs> do you think there is more good than bad in the world? Yeah, absolutely do. I do. I think social media and stuff like that, to that, it's definitely, it's proved it for me, if you know what I mean. My experience on it has been overwhelmingly net positive as in like 99.9 percent of the interactions i've had on it have been really nice and it's a way to kind of find your people and people are just so accommodating and nice and friendly and welcoming if you find the right crowd of them and that's basically what i've done and i think people are just really willing to help that like the right kinds of people are when i moved to london or I said I was moving to London, I just got all these replies from people being like, oh yeah, you know, we should meet up for a point, or I'll send your CV on this place, or here's some advice for this, uh, you know, this industry, or, you know, you could live here, this is, you know, this is a nice place to live, or I have a room going, all that kind of stuff, and like, I, I put it up saying I was going to London, and I got like 700 likes on that tweet, and this recruiter I was talking to, she's like, I've never seen anyone just get that amount of goodwill from people and, and how that, that kind of way it was just really nice to collect to receive all that kind of help and support and all that kind of stuff so I, I think my followers or whatever are a reflection of the world as a whole I think I think we're doing pretty well but that, that's that comes from a place of like nothing bad has ever happened to me in my life really so I, I you know I have a very rose-tinted view of the world <laughs>